Hello, and welcome back to Climbing the Castle, your definitive Disney ranking podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. Today we'll be discussing Mary Poppins Returns. Sadly, the little house on Cherry Tree Lane and the grown-up siblings Jane and Michael Banks are facing hard times during the worldwide 1930s Depression. However, against the backdrop of a terrible tragedy and imminent foreclosure, the beloved and nearly perfect nanny, Mary Poppins, descends from the sky to lend a hand again. Along with the tearfully resourceful lighter Jack, the Banks family embark on a magical adventure to find happiness again. And this movie was honestly a lot of fun. Like, it was. Like, originally, my first time watching it, I didn't like it. I think that's because I just preferred the first movie. But after watching it a couple more times, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I will say I still do prefer the the original, like, over this as well. But this is, like, a good reimagined take on, like, the original Mary Poppins, basically. Yeah. Technically, it's a sequel because it's following the events of the first movie. But it's like, if you really look at this movie, it's basically the same exact movie as the, the first Mary Poppins Mm-hmm. Just with his, like, the Banks' children's, with Jane and with uh, Michael's children instead of Jane and Michael. But, like, there's many stories that are basically the same exact thing. There's many things that happen. It's, like, the same exact thing. But it's still a really fun movie, and they're able to, like, make it new and fresh and exciting without, like, making it feel like you're watching the same exact movie. Yeah. Which, I mean,. There was quite a bit of a time difference also between the movies. Yeah. But they pretty much picked it up and kept it with the same feel as the first, which I did appreciate. Yeah, definitely. It was nice that they were able to keep the same vibe as the first movie, but also kind of evolve it and then adjust it to like a more modern feel. We do have quite a few fun facts this time. So let's go ahead and jump into those. If we're ready. All right, let's do it. Dick Van Dyke was offered four options for his dance scene, each with a varying degree of difficulty. He insisted on performing the hardest dance routine and refused help from any of his fellow cast members while filming the scene. Which is incredible because he was in his he's in his nineties. Yeah. When I he mean, was recording this and my God, can he move around? Yeah, seeing him move around was just wild to me. Like, it's hilarious how, like, in the first movie, they had him dressed up as an old guy, and the children had no clue that it wasn't an old guy, and they were, like, frightened for his life. But in this one, we knew he was an old guy, and we were just frightened for his life. Like, (laughs) Like, he gets up on that desk, and I'm just starting... Well, no, first he did that skipping around, which I already thought was a bit much for his age. It was like wow, that's really good. And then he hops up on that desk and starts tap dancing. He's like, <laughs> he's gonna, he's probably going to fall over and die. But he's the one that chose that option and he refused help. Like, that's just and so, he nailed it. He did. He did a great job with that. When Mary Poppins was being written, the lead role was offered to Julie Andrews by Walt Disney. And Andrews told Disney that she was pregnant and couldn't do the movie. Disney had postponed the movie so that she could accommodate they could accommodate for that the same thing happened with this movie when this movie was announced emily blunt was also pregnant and they postponed the movie to accommodate for her pregnancy that's pretty golden like that's just hilarious that's just like 
It just shows how in sync these movies are. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's pretty crazy, actually. It is. <laughs> Dame Julie Andrews turned down a proposed cameo appearance as the Boone Lady, fearing that it would be, be too distracting from Emily Blunt's performance. Julie said, this is Emily's show, and I really want it to be Emily's show. Quite poetically, the Boone Lady part was went to Dame Angela Lansbury, who had been originally considered for the title of Mary Poppins. Which, I mean, that's really thoughtful of Julie Andrew. Because, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to see a cameo. Yeah, I agree. It would have been great for her to just show up there. but Which, of course, it was nice to have Angela Lansbury also. Yeah. Because that's a recognizable voice. And mm-hmm. she was supposed to, she was uh, offered, or not off. she was uh, considered yeah. to be the original Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. But the fact that uh, Julie Andrews is that humble about it and doesn't want to steal any of the just spotlight away from Emily Blunt is just really goes to show her mm-hmm. how great of a person she is. Since Dick Van Dyke actually looks younger than his 91 years of age, Dick, Disney had to use old age makeup and hair to make him look slightly older, which is just mind-blowing to me that he's already, he's 91, but they have to like put makeup on him to make him look older. I know. I mean, it's kind of crazy. He does look pretty young for his age. Even in yeah. his nineties, mm-hmm. so I mean, I have a feeling he's going to live for a while still. He's currently yeah. ninety-seven. I feel like he might still have a few more years on him. Yeah, I mean, he, we we saw how he was moving around in this movie. He was moving yeah. around great. It wasn't a miss misstep at all. At the age of ninety-three, at the time of the movie's release, Angela Lansbury is the oldest actress ever to appear in a Disney movie. She was ninety-one when filming this, when it took place between. Uh, February and July of 2017. She's only two months older than Dick Van Dyke, who also <laughs> set a record with this movie. <laughs> so Dick Van Dyke didn't quite get the record by two months. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. I love that. She also did, had an incredible performance in this oh, movie yeah. for, at her age as well. It was writer, producer, and director Rob Marshall's intention right from the beginning to use traditional hand-drawn animation for the animation sequences. This was due to his love for hand-draw animation and also to pay homage to the older movies. Disney executives, on the other hand, initially wanted this movie to have computer animation for its animated sequences, which infuriated Marshall. He then fought hard to convince the Disney executives to let him use hand-drawn animation, and he also argued why it would be the right choice for this movie. Eventually, the Disney executives gave in and allowed him to use hand-drawn animation. And this was the first time since Winnie the Pooh in 2011 that they used. Which I feel like it was a nice touch. It gave you that old Disney feeling. Yeah. And I, it still looked good. It does. I Honestly, I prefer hand-drawn animation over computer, computer animation. But yeah. Like, it just gives you that good feeling. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that they were able, he was able to convince them to allow it here. Because it definitely made a big difference in like the feel of that scene as well with having it being hand drawn over a computer animated. Mm-hmm. This was released 54 years after the original Mary Poppins breaking the record between the wizard of Oz and the return to Oz as the longest gap between a live action theatrical release movie and it's theatrically released sequel. And we all thought that the Incredibles took a long time to get in <laughs> sequel out. <laughs> yeah, this was 
quite a difference. Also, we will be covering Return to Oz in this season because that is a Disney movie. Yes. But 54 years is quite a long time for to be waiting for a sequel. <laughs> and a lot of that had to do with the politics of trying to get the rights to, to make another Mary Poppins movie after P.L. Travers was not happy with what, ha- what happened the first time. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are great movies, though. They are. <laughs> Unlike Mary Poppins from 1964, this movie, or all of its live-action footage, was actually shot in the story's indigenous English setting with natural outdoors, as the entire first movie was shot indoors on a soundstage. There is, you can definitely tell a bit of a difference. Yeah. Which, it's a good difference. <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt a lot more natural in this mm-hmm. setting as compared to, like, the first Mary Poppins. But, I mean, they both look good in their own ways as well. Like, Yeah. Now I have some of our favorite fun facts, some casting notes. About time. It's I know we had, like, one last week, but... I've been really missing these. It's been a while since we had a good selection of them, and I have a lot here. So, like, bear with me on this, because there's a bunch of different roles that we have some considerations for. Let's do this. So, considered for the role of William Witherall Wilkins, which is... The villain. Yes, the banker, like the bank manager died. Robert De Niro, Danny DeVito, Jack Black... Alec Baldwin, Steve Buscemi, Chris Pratt, Louis C.K., and Patton Oswalt. What are these selections? <laughs> it's quite well, a list. Like, you had me at Danny DeVito, and then right after that, you say Jack Black? <laughs> Jack Black honestly would have had that role. That would have been like, funny, but we definitely would have gotten a rock ballad <laughs> from him, which would have been amazing. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, I feel, would have had that greatly as well. Ugh, and there's then a lot of great... Chris Pratt. That's quite a choice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can can see him as the villain or like that. Considered for the role of Jack were Ashton Kutcher, Will Ferrell, Sean Hayes, Seth Rogen, Keegle Mike and Key, Michael Key, Russell Brand, James Corden. Jim Carrey, Zach Efron, Daniel Radcliffe, Eddie Izzard, and David Tennant. Uh, okay, see, Daniel Radcliffe, maybe. See, David Tennant is the only one that I could see actually fitting in that role. Yeah, like, this is another maybe, bizarre Maybe James list. Corden, but like then that wouldn't be as good, honestly. Yeah, no. But, but that that's another, like, just... <laughs> bipolar list yeah especially with seth rogan you want to hear a mary poppins movie where the whole time you're (laughs) (laughs) and a bunch of stoner jokes that seth rogan would just butcher that role honestly it would have been so bad (laughs) considered for the role of jane banks amanda seyfried gina rodriguez aquafina Bryce Dallas Howard, Karen Gillian, and Anna Kendrick. That's not as bipolar of a list, but... No. Karen yeah. Gillian, I think, could have been a fun Jane Banks. She would have been fine. And also Anna Kendrick. Also <laughs> that, been... That's one where I'm kind of like, mm, I don't really see that. 
Aquafina would have been too much. Aquafina would have been way I, too much. There's I, I no love, way that would have worked out. I love Aquafina, but it's just way too much for the character of Jane Banks. Considered for the role of Mary Poppins with Scarlett Johansson and Kristen Bell. Again, I think Emily Blunt was a, a good choice here. Emily Blunt out of all of them was a <laughs> better pick, which I mean, I know Scarlett Johansson can sing. Yeah. But I don't know if I would take it seriously with her. Considered for the role of Michael Banks, Steve Carell, Joel McHale, Jason Lee, Robert Downey Jr., Andy Samberg, and Bill Hader. I don't know about Bill Hader. He, uh, maybe. I, I think know. Robert Downey Jr. would have been fun. Yeah. I, I think Joel McHale could have pulled it off also. Yeah. But. Oh, no. Anytime I think of Joel McHale, I just think of, like, him being funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that is who he is, basically. Yeah, I wouldn't know about, like, something as serious as Michael. But I'm sure he still would have done a fine job. But, I mean, that's the thing. They completely changed Michael's character in this movie as compared to who he was as a child, though. And we can get into that, like, once we get into actual, like, characters and stuff like that. Yeah. That is all I have for the fun facts. Okay, I mean, those were good fun facts, and we ended strong with some of our favorites. Yeah, uh, a decent set of casting notes and a lot of good fun facts as well. I do have a conspiracy. Ooh, this is our first one in a long it's, time. It's been a while since we've had a conspiracy. And I will say this definitely is the most wild conspiracy we're probably ever going to have on this show ever. But somehow it makes sense. And somehow it kind of kind of works. It might be my favorite conspiracy that we're going to have as well, but I don't know. We still, let's do it. We, we still have a lot of time for more conspiracies, but I don't know. This one's definitely going to set some records. All right, then let's check this out. So the theory is that Mary Poppins and Pennywise, the clown from it, come from either come from the same species or are somehow related. Huh? Uh, yes, I know. It sounds wild but there's a lot that actually goes into it and it like makes sense the more you think about it so uh, 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 i mean uh okay i, I guess <laughs> <laughs> all right let me let me let me give you some evidence both mary wise and pennywise mary wise <laughs> mary wise that's the <laughs> ship name that's the ship name mary wise uh both mary poppins and pennywise come back in a similar time period. Mary Poppins returns after 25 years, whereas Pennywise returns after 27 years. They both feed off of the emotions of children. Mary Poppins feeding off of joy, Pennywise feeding off of fear. This is very similar to like the Monsters, Inc. theory. They both go back after the same people that they went after, went after the first time that they were around. So Mary Poppins returns to the bank's kids pennywise returns to the losers club in both instances the children kind of forget what happens to them or like refuse to believe that it actually happened until it starts like happening again this this is becoming a lot more believable now sadly <laughs> <laughs> i told you it, it it sounds wild but like the more you look into it the like it makes a lot of sense so they both have like parallel origins. Mary Poppins, she comes in from the sky 
whereas Pennywise comes from below in the sewers. So that also kind of feeds into the opposites of fear and joy and like the light and dark and all that kind of stuff. Here's where it gets a bit interesting. Well, at least coming from this movie, like Mary Poppins and Friends. They both lured a child named Georgie using weather to pull a paper toy. You're not wrong. Oh my god, I just realized that. So, uh, Pennywise lures Georgie with his paper boat into the sewer, and Mary Poppins pulls in Georgie with, with a his paper kite. kite. Mm-hmm. They both use, like, magical powers or some kind of whatever you want to call it. We're, we're not entirely sure how that works, but Pennywise gets into the children's minds to, to use their fears against him, whereas Mary Poppins uses their imagination. They both have a, an obsession with floating with balloons. We see at the end of this movie, everyone's floating away on balloons. What is What happens with uh, Pennywise? Same thing. Now, in this movie, all the balloons were chosen specifically for each person, right? What what color balloon does Mary Poppins get? She gets a red balloon. What color balloon does Pennywise have? No. (laughs) You're making me question my own sanity right now. Tell me when I'm telling lies, though. Like... I mean, all of this is adding up. It's all facts. (laughs) What the heck? All of this makes sense and it should not make any sense and i'm not happy about it at all <laughs> but yes so either they are like somehow related or potentially there's other theories that they're the same person and they over overthrew like a change there's theories that pennywise is the origin and then he realized he can feed off a of joy instead like in the same way as monsters inc like learns that you can get more out of joy and he transitioned to the mary poppins there's other theories that mary poppins is the child of pennywise no i prefer them or, being from the same there's other theories like that the same species or whatever you want to call it or they're both like magical the same kind of magical entity I already don't like it enough as it is because it's all adding up. I don't want it to be like Pennywise turned into Mary Poppins or something like that. Like, what the hell? No, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're coming out the gate strong with a conspiracy theory this week. and like, Which normally I'm like easily able to just debunk all these conspiracy <laughs> theories. This one, there's too much work put into it yeah. and too much just like adding up <laughs> i don't like it oh i'm sorry but it had to be done you know we <sighs> wanted to give these great conspiracy theories and now we finally have one we finally have a really good one after <laughs> all these like oh here's something that has nothing to do with the actual movie i just wanted to make something <laughs> up no this one kind of makes sense and it's a bit scary. <laughs> like, oh, that's good. That's kind of that kind of gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> let's just get on to our scores. <laughs> yeah. So with that, let's let's move on. Okay. Um, starting with the story score, I have mine at a seventy-six. I have my story score at a seventy-five. So right. Okay. Under, so yeah. only one point <laughs> off, mm-hmm. which this one actually gives us a real story compared to the original 
Yeah, I mean, again, there's still a lot of nonsense and singing and dancing and, like, nothing happening for most of the movie. But at least we do get, like, some kind of backstory. We still get, like, this linear story. Like, for the most part. Overall, there's an an overall goal for, like, the end. For the the entire movie. Yeah. Most, a lot of stuff doesn't have to do with any of that. But there is at least a story. Yeah, we do get that whole like side story about that pot. Yeah, which turns out being useless, anyways. Mm -hmm. But it was. But it at least leads into something, and and we finally get a villain as well too. Yes, and he did a really good job as a villain. Yeah, Uh, we did get that random admiral again, which had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, and I still wish he had a little more to the story, but we got a little more from him. Yeah. And then like it's all following that uh Michael Banks is in debt because he took a loan out from the bank. Which I could tell right away that the uh head banker Wilkins. Yeah, Wilkins. Yeah. I could tell right away he was the villain. Yeah. I mean it was it was pretty obvious. Well, they also didn't even give it much time as well though, because like immediately after you meet him is when they throw like they show that he's a villain. Yeah, I know. Him burning up the, the files. Well, one good but... look at him and you can tell, okay, he's a <laughs> villain. They didn't really need to give you all that much time. Yeah. Which, I mean, the only time where you think, oh, he might be a nice person is when he's talking about the candy jar. <laughs> that very first time we see him. Yeah. And then once you fully see him, it's like, no, he's one bad man, Majama. <laughs> I will say Michael looks nothing like I would have expected him to look like when he grew up. Well, yeah, no, they used a different person. Well, not only that, but like, <laughs> I don't know, just like his whole look and like his whole like, yeah, like his mustache again. And then <laughs> like his mustache and he still had that like stubble beard I, thing going on. I don't know. It just feels completely different from the Michael that we've got when he was a child which i mean the movie i i'm not going for like different person but like it was probably going to be hard to find someone who would fit the look that they were completely looking for yeah but i mean he still was a fine choice for yeah i'm not saying he was bad for my like as my no mom. i'm not just saying all. it's just not what i would have expected him to be when he grew up <laughs> based off of the first mary poppins and Georgie has some serious ADHD or something. Cause like the main thing that really got me going like, yeah, yeah. was when they were heading, he just kept running on the grass at the park after being told not to several times. I mean, he just ran away from them immediately. Yeah. And like, like they were talking about, he finds that one woman and her dog. It was played by the original Jane. I don't know if you had that fun fact. See, she, I have her as someone else in the movie. I, I'm the, pretty sure that was the original it's, Jane. It's not the lady. No, it's not the lady that was walking her dog. She, The comes, one who kept showing up throughout the movie? Yeah, that was her. She came. She is, shows up later on when Jane has all of her flyers and she asks Jane where... 17 yeah that's the same lady she showed up several is times it, during is the, it movie. the same lady yeah it was okay. the same lady so that was the original jane which was pretty awesome but uh not only that but then suddenly 
right after they go, hurry, we need to go to the store. We don't have time. Just instantly, oh, look, the balloon lady. I want a balloon. And then later on, while they're going back to the store, just a kite flies by and he chases after it. I mean. And then he starts to just fly it, not even thinking about anything else. I don't know. Georgie just kind of seemed like a little turd to me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. He was giving his dad hell over, like, not being a uh, a banker and not doing like what he would actually did with his life and he he always had some kind of like smart ass question or comment about everything and then like he runs up and starts tugging at that jar or that they were trying to you know they were still being careful with it but then he just <laughs> runs up and starts tugging at it mm. being rough <laughs> and then it's the end of the movie where he says where he sings that song to his father and it's like, oh, hey, look, he's actually all grown up now. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> Nothing led up to that. <laughs> uh, the whole like wife passing away thing. It was sad at first, but then when Michael started singing that song, I was like tearing up like, wow, he's really struggling without her. Yeah, that sad song in the attic. It was such a nice change of pace, honestly, compared to like what we're we've normally gotten from Mary Poppins and like this movie, even this movie in general. Like that was that one emotional moment, and then like it went back to like all the wild and crazy stuff again. But like we didn't really get that kind of moment in the first Mary Poppins, and I like, think the saddest was... we got was probably uh, George Banks walking to you know inevitably be fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't nearly as sad as this. Yeah. And I think it was a night, like I said, it was nice to step away from like the happy feeling that everything like from Mary Poppins that like you would expect to be. And like just having this one little moment kind of really adds to to make you appreciate the rest of everything so Mm -hmm. much as well. Which, yeah, what it what it really does is it really like shows that Michael's struggling with more than just like this money financial issue. He's struggling emotionally for the loss of his wife. Yeah. Like, which is understandable. It's mm-hmm. like he lost someone super important to him. Yeah. It does sound very unreasonable that, like, he missed three loan payments, though. And, like, he has to pay the entire loan back now. Yeah. Like, which that was the whole wife... plan of the bank, anyways, was like. Yeah. Because his wife was the one that made the payments for him. But, like. Yeah. I don't know. Three, like that feels like a weird like either like cancel the loan completely or like make them pay it like do it immediately or like just have them pay the three months and then like an extra month or something. Like it just yeah. seems weird that they have them. But I mean they were purposely trying to get it. Yes. In plot twist <laughs> they killed his wife. No. That's not. There's that's, a new conspiracy theory. That's not one of the conspiracies <laughs> we're going for. Stop. <laughs> No, yours was better, even though I hated it. <laughs> the last time they they had a want an actual wanted ad that summoned Mary Poppins, and now this time it was just a kite. That... This time it was just a kite, um... and she just knew that they were in trouble. <laughs> Which I mean, really, she was on the way there anyways with the first one. The help wanted ad just kind of yeah. flew up to her. But yeah, Mary Poppins just comes on a kite now, which Georgie was flying instead of going to the store. Again, ADHD was kicking in there. I mean, also with the amount of wind that was going on at that point, why would you still be trying to fly that kite? But 
just just give it up at that point. He like, wasn't thinking about that. He was just thinking, I have a kite. I need to fly it. Like him and Jack were both like sitting there fighting with this kite that's getting blown and like swept around by a giant storm. Like just just take your loss at that point and get rid of the kite. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they they kept on through and then out from that came Mary Poppins. Which I mean is a good thing. Yeah. But I mean she comes down and then, you know, knows them by name already, obviously, because she's Mary Poppins. Yeah. Which later on at the end of the movie, they mention how adults always forget what happens. But there seems to be a few adults throughout the movie who remember Mary Poppins and are not necessarily questioning her age or actually remember what all like happens and that she's magical like that. Well, this also all seems to be all of the other magical people, though. Like, Jack... I, I clearly, wouldn't say Jack's necessarily magical. I don't know. He knew about the whole, the whole like, jumping into the pot thing, like, when that was about to happen. I think that's just because he knew how Mary Poppins was. And the same thing can be said about, like... The balloon lady, uh, I believe. What's his name from the first movie? Who Jack replaced? Dick Van Dyke's character. Dick Van Dyke's character. Uh, Bert. Bert. Bert, yeah. Bert. Bert. Bert and Jack are both very similar in the same, like the same, like they're basically the same character. Yeah. But like he also was like aware of all of Mary Poppins' abilities and powers. Then you have her cousin who's also, well, if it's her cousin. Well, family. Yeah. Who can fix anything except for on the second Wednesday. It was like that. Now she can. Now she can, but. <laughs> But uh, it seemed that Mr. Dawes Jr., who was played by Dick Van Dyke, knew about all this also. Which, I mean, maybe that's just because it's Dick Van Dyke, so <laughs> we have to give it a pass. But <laughs> I mean, George, not George, um, Michael and Jane remembered her when she showed up at the house. But, like, they, they just pushed it as, like, oh, it was all make-believe. None of it yeah. really happened. Mm-hmm. But then the oh. kids, the Michael's kids have the same exact scenario of like their first meeting with Mary Poppins as they did of not wanting to clean something. And then she makes, she changes their mind and makes them well, want to clean. Well, in this case, it's cleaning themselves. Cleaning themselves. Yeah. Which that whole bath scene was fun. <laughs> it was. Like the twins, Annabelle and John, mm -hmm. were both uh, like, thinking Georgie was crazy for thinking she was magical and that the umbrella could talk and all that. Because <laughs> I guess they didn't really see her flying on the kite. No. they just She just showed up. She was already there when they, they got finally got to him. And just knew their names. but Which also, it's a good thing that Jack happened to be there right at that time. Otherwise, Georgie would have been gone completely Yeah, before. <laughs> the bath scene, they finally like see a dolphin come out of the bathtub. <laughs> Which was hilarious to me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, maybe she is magical. I mean, after seeing Georgie disappear into the bathtub, that was already <laughs> like Georgie. And then John followed suit. And then Annabelle's like, well, if you're not going to save him, I will. <laughs> but then that takes us on a, one of the, the little animated tangents that have nothing to do with anything, but it's still really fun. Oh, yeah, it was fun, and the song gets stuck in my head still. 
Um, but then they come running to their father talking about it, and he's kind of had the same attitude that his father had with them. Yeah. Of uh, that's all crazy talk, and he's getting mad about it. I have this like in characters, and it, it does belong in there, but I can bring it up here as well. It's like Michael turned exactly into his his father, and Jane turned into her mother. Yes, and they're both like just took those personalities of who they turned into. Well, in Michael's case, it actually fits in with the story. Yes, so it works out there. Um, but it was like, wow, you're really like your father. Mm-hmm. And then they clean up at you know the paper mess, and Georgie happens to get take the right paper that they needed. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know it at the time but he happens to get the right paper they needed which i don't know why they didn't see it before on that drawing like which also why would you have a drawing on a that a that's what i'm talking about paper. like before you started drawing on it why did you not see what that paper was like that's because michael very, did that that's a very important paper <laughs> yeah and that's not just something you would doodle on so that should have been noticed before even being drawn <laughs> on but then when they were looking through it but then I don't see nothing really happens at this point. Nothing really happens until they start like, fighting over that. They're, yeah, they're trying to come up with a plan to to make money. So they like sell it, like looking at all their antiques in the house or whatever and trying to come up with money there. But nothing really big happens there until the whole. Besides Georgie using that paper to patch up the kite, which then that should have been noticed. <laughs> but then again, it was Georgie doing it. So yeah. he probably thought nothing of it. Mm-hmm. But that's when they we get into that whole bowl scene. Which I feel like that was thrown in just so they can have that mix of real life and animation. Like in the first movie. I mean, it was the same exact thing as the first movie when they like it was just this wild animated tangent that had nothing to do with anything, but it was still it was a really fun. fun experience. Yeah. I mean, they're lucky that Bo only had one small piece cracked off of it and didn't shatter like completely when they dropped it. Yeah, all those cartoon characters would have died. <laughs> it would have been an apocalypse. Also, why did everyone else get fancy suits to wear during that sequence and Georgie had to wear pajamas? I know. That didn't make sense to me either. <laughs> but it was a really fun scene. We had a whole three different song and dances in there. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, they were all fun, and we got to see Lin-Manuel Miranda's rapping skills. Uh, I felt it was watching, watching Hamilton for a split second with that part. Yeah. <laughs> that <was> exactly. Nice. <laughs> and then we got a wild chase sequence. That, that was a good chase sequence, but it really came up to nothing. It, it gave yeah. us a little <laughs> bit of, like, a lesson for the end of the movie. Like, just because something's gone doesn't mean it's gone forever or... It's nothing's really gone. It was again. It was a fun scene, but it didn't really add anything to the overall actual story of the movie. Yeah, no. It was just kind of its own little separate story. They all should have died during that chase chase sequence as well. But uh, yeah. <laughs> then Jack shows up to to Jane on the street and introduces himself to her as the little boy that would wave to them in the window. Yeah, which I mean. She still knew him by name, apparently. Yeah. Well, then again, Mary Poppins did say it. But I was starting to think, like, if he was just some boy who is waving to them at the window, how does she know his name? I also had the same thought process for a split second, too. 
So, I mean, it's not crazy, <laughs> but still. That bike riding sequence seemed very unsafe. When they all got onto the back of the bike and there was like five of them hanging off of like a ladder, was it? Sitting on the back of the, the bike? Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that was a bit crazy, but it hey, that's part <laughs> of the magic. And Mary Poppins was like really about to get offended about being asked her weight by a kid. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. It's just a child. They don't know better. <laughs> Which originally watching this, I thought Mary Poppins was just more rude in this movie. See, I don't know. It came off as sassy to me. And yeah. I really enjoyed it. I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, she was just as much in the original movie. So it. It's kind of a pass she, there. She was just a sass. Well, I wouldn't say just a sassy. Not rude, but, but like, yeah. She did have that sass, but she also had a bit of a softer side, which yeah. she didn't really show off as much in this movie. But apparently, that was Emily Blunt's choice because she had, like, really dove into all of the, the Mary Poppins books. And she felt that was a more accurate portrayal of, like, the actual character of Mary Poppins. Yeah, which, I mean, I kind of understand. But, I mean... I would have gone based off what the last movie did. Yeah. Since it is a sequel. But either way, it was fine. So they get out of the bowl, realize everything actually happened. And now they're like, oh, we can get it fixed up and sell it. So they take it to Mary Poppins' cousin who oh. can't. What's that? Yeah. See, I don't even have this scene written in my notes. Like, <laughs> um, was... I have it just written down as turning turtle scene. <laughs> a lot this... of these I just have as what song is going on for the scene because <laughs> like you said not a lot happens but that... at the same time there's still kind of a story to this that was a song and dance that happened that also had nothing to do with anything but it actually did actually it like, kind of did they were cause... trying to fix the ball to get money for it but it just yeah completely went off in its own different direction there which I mean she couldn't Again... do it because it was the second Wednesday. They just had to throw in some random <laughs> obstacle. It was like, it's second Wednesday. What's going to happen? Uh, her entire room's going to flip. <laughs> it was a fun and then scene. we're going to see this crazy instrument monstrosity because she tried fixing something in that condition. <laughs> Which I'm sure it still could have been playable. Yeah. It would have been like... Uh, Bert's one man band thing <laughs> in the original movie. Yeah. But um all that scene did was tell us that that bowl didn't really cost anything. Yeah. And that it was probably only priceless to you know their mother. Mm -hmm. And so with that they're thinking or no that the reason they went to the bank was cuz George forgot his uh briefcase. Briefcase. Yeah. So they're like, "Well, that's pointless. Forget about the bowl." They still got it fixed because it was from their mother, but otherwise it had nothing else to do with the movie. <laughs> and then they get there and then the kids wander off. I don't remember why either. It was to go because they thought they can go talk to the, the nice lawyer guy and convince him to change his mind. That's right. That's right. And Mary Poppins just lets them wander off because she clearly sees them wandering off and just lets them go. Well, and then... They, they go, go for up. the candy and they overhear the jerk bank man and they go, oh, he's actually a bad person. And then so they he... run and tell their dad and 
of course, Wilkins comes up like, I was only trying to offer them candy so they'd quit running around. Yeah, that's why you chase children around your bank. <laughs> that's definitely. And then he like shoved the candy in their hand and like squeezed it in there. Yeah. Like he really smashed that candy in Georgie's hand when he handed it to him. And then Michael gets mad at the kids and blames them for acting up and like causing a scene at the bank when he did the same thing when he, he was did a the child. same exact thing. <laughs> Which that has them run away to getting lost, and then we get that whole new dance scene from the lamp lighters Which, instead of from the chimney sweeps. Yeah, it was exactly like just step in time, pretty much. Step in time, but there was more of lyrics to the song than. <laughs> The the more you got Al, into this step movie, in time. Al step in time. <laughs> but they kind of did that again with, at the end with this one too. All the kids were singing it at the end. Yeah, yeah, they were stuff. singing all these different, uh, basically slang that they use <laughs> for the lamplighters. The the long the more you got into this more movie, the more you realized it's just the same exact. It's just movie. the same exact movie. Like there's the long animated sequence that has nothing to do with each other. There was this long song and dance sequence that has nothing to do with anything. There's the the father figure getting mad at the kids and then realizing that it's not their fault. And, and then, then the father figure starts singing the last song. <laughs> which I will say... No, no I'm going to get into that later. Uh, but, yeah, that's basically it. And then, then the most unrealistic thing happens in the movie where they move their entire house out in a day. Yeah. <laughs> Which, also, why would they move out, like, before the, the time was even They were probably getting it ready so that the bank could repossess it because they weren't going to have it. They have every, like, that entire home packed up and then a moving truck within a day. Like, that's just completely yeah. unbelievable. But, I mean, it worked out because Georgie forgot his kite. His father looks at the kite like, Oh, that's an old drawing of I did of our family, and then like sees through it through a light and like, oh, that's where that certificate is. Again, don't understand how that wound up like that. Let's get like, to the bank in seven minutes, <laughs> which they did because they can turn back time. Well, even before they started turning back the time, <laughs> they got there, and then. Or no, they didn't quite get there yet. No, they, they got, got there, there like, right at right at midnight, and that's when they had to turn the clock back. Yeah, which that was a crazy plan all in itself. I mean, it was just what it was not an OSHA compliant way to climb Big Ben at no. all. And which then, at this point, I don't know if the climbing Big Ben to turn off the light was necessary. No, it was not because Mary Poppins, I guess, should have did it. The entire time. Mary Poppins could have just snuck up there anyways and pulled it down like, without anyone noticing. He climbed probably. all the way up there for nothing because in the end it was just Mary Poppins that pulled the, the, the thing down. I mean, it was a lot of fun, but <laughs> I, don't, I didn't see it necessary. No. All he did was turn the light off. And I'm sure, to be real honest, I bet no one was really looking at ben, Big Ben at no. that time to see the hand turn. No. But uh they get there and they present the kite by flying it out the window and then this wind suddenly pushes it in. I wonder who controlled that wind. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> who. And then just to turn out they were missing the the one piece of the 
certificate that had all the signatures, <laughs> which is probably what actually really counted for everything. Yeah. The most important part of the document. And then, so Wilkins is like, no, nope, it's not good. Sorry. Ha ha. Victory dance. Then here comes Mr. Dawes Jr. Turns out he didn't go crazy. He just wanted to retire. Yeah. And then his, I'm just going to call him Braddy's nephew. Because <laughs> that's what I'm assuming. He was a brat growing up, probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, Mr. Dawes was also a brat when he was a kid, though. Yeah. When we met him in the first movie. Well, he wasn't a kid. Well, not a kid. <laughs> it was. He was a younger... Not he was a, a younger old man. <laughs> but, yeah, then Dick Van Dyke shows up and was like, sorry, I see what kind of crap you're pulling. Get out of here. And then really all we get after that is that whole balloon scene where yeah. Michael suddenly realizes that everything that happened as a kid was real. But again, they just leave Mary Poppins behind. Yeah, like, like she was there her. with them, too. She was right there at the fair when they walked in and then they just run off. without. It wasn't her. even that she was packing up to leave or anything. They no. just leave her behind while she was there with them left her this time like gosh which i mean that was still a fun scene it was a fun scene but but really that had nothing to do with the story they just wanted to close up with something like let's go fly a kite (laughs) again same ending as the last movie where the kids go off and play with their parents well instead of with mary poppins yeah And then Mary Poppins flies off again on her umbrella like, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> yeah, we'll see her again in 25 more years. Yeah, we'll get another sequel here in like 80 years <laughs> or in 50 years. Mary Poppins 3, The Revenge of Mary Poppins. She's coming back for the banks with the vengeance of leaving her behind again. <laughs> and it's really Pennywise. But again, we were saying it's the same exact movie. But it's a new take on it, so it's still fun and yeah. it's still entertaining, and still like there actually is a backstory this time. So it is. So yeah, there's there's definitely more of, of a story to this one compared to the first one. But still not. Like, it still gave us nothing story. though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say we can move on to characters now. Yes, I'm ready to move on to characters as well. All right. I have an 84 for my characters. I have an 82. Okay. So again, we're not too far off. The biggest deal for me for why I had this one lower was just because I liked Bert a bit more than Jack. I mean, that's a very fair assessment. And like Jack's still a good character. Don't get me wrong. Just I preferred Bert over Jack and I preferred the original Mary Poppins over this I, one. I can agree with that and then like i understand that but i also like the reason i did mine so like higher was because of the parallels that they had between this movie and the first movie michael and jane became their parents and like mm-hmm. you, they made it very obvious like the stories were connected in that what in that sense which they really did become like their parents which yeah. is a good point and then i i don't know Georgie was a little more obnoxious than the kids were in the first movie <laughs> and Michael and Jane were but, in the first movie. Just a bit. But we did get a good villain out of this. We we finally got an actual villain and he did a great job even though we only got him a couple of scenes. He actually played that. His, his presence was still there and we were still mad at him. And then of course he had two 
underlings being Gooding and Fry, which, I mean, I thought they did very well too to play off each other where Gooding was a little more on the mean side, mm -hmm. more close to the bad guy. But while Fry was more so just there as an employee and he really yeah. wanted the best for the banks. He was trying to help the entire time. Yeah. But see, I love the amount of sass that we got from Mary Poppins in this. Like, as I will say to... it, it was kind of nice, but we didn't get that also just nicer side like the original, which if doing a movie sequel, I would have probably gone for that version that was already presented that way rather than the books. For the books, that'd be more for like a remake or something, I feel like. But it's also different scenario as well. Like the Banks, Jane Michael, not Jane Michael. Well, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of two generations of kids no, trying you're to good, you're good. separate them. Jane and Michael as children are completely different than Georgie, Annabelle, and and John as children. So you have to have a different kind of demeanor to them as well. Mm -hmm. And they're also dealing with different issues as compared to the issues that Michael and Jane were dealing with when they were children. Yeah. Which, I mean, both cases <laughs> involved the bank, which is another thing about the story. Yes. The bank was the problem again. <laughs> <laughs> and then the two twins... Annabelle and John, mm -hmm. they were definitely very mature. Yeah. It seemed like they kind of had to be. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, mom passed away. Michael was trying to take care of that and everything else. So really, they seemed like they were the ones really watching over Georgie. Yeah. No, they weren't doing a good job of watching over Georgie because <laughs> no. he escaped from them many times. <laughs> Which, if you remember, Michael and Jane did that for all of their nannies also. Yeah. So that kind of just runs Again, the family. plays into the, the character, <laughs> how, how parallel everything is. Mm -hmm. So you definitely see a bit of kid Michael and Jane and all three of those children. Mm -hmm. uh, we get the maid Ellen again. I like how she just like says hi to Mary Poppins. Like, oh, nothing, like nothing it was changed. nothing crazy. <laughs> Like, it wasn't crazy that she was going up the stairs again and that she was still the same age. Oh, oh hi, Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, then. <laughs> See, the thing about Jack, to me, I know we both say we agree, like, we prefer Jack over... I mean, we prefer not, Bert over we prefer Jack. Bert over Jack. But they're also pretty much the same exact character. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying Jack's a bad character. Jack's a really good character. Probably one yeah. of my favorites in the movie. Mm -hmm. Just not the same as Bert. No, but again, there's also different like layers to Jack that we don't we get with him that we didn't get with with Bert as well. Like an actual love interest. Yeah. For one, like he <laughs> has, he has it bad for Jane. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and then he has a one job he doesn't he's not coming up with new jobs every time we see him no he's just lighting lamps <laughs> and then the only other character i've written down is mr dodge jr just because i can't we can't really go through this see, movie without talking about dick van dyke <laughs> i have mary poppins cousin written down only because she had such a, a distinct personality to her uh, yeah that, i mean like it kind of does add to the character point it's kind of like uh Oh, what's his name? Did I write him down for the characters? Who? No, uh, the uncle. Oh, 
Yeah, the uncle from the uncle first. Albert. Yeah. And Which I'm going to assume is the father for <laughs> the cousin. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it would kind of make sense. A little he bit. would laugh till he was on the ceiling and then <laughs> she'd end up on the ceiling just because that's possible. But I mean, the only one I have down is Mr. Dodge Jr. Cause he comes in at the end to take over the bank and kind of pretty much save the day. Yeah. But again, we only got him like 10 seconds out of the movie. So yeah, but he's still the one to come save everything. Yeah. Cause he comes busting in like, <laughs> They're perfectly fine. You have share that shares is fine. Save it. You actually have some money saved up from that one tuppence from the very first movie. Which also I forgot to bring that up in story is how does Michael like not know about his investments in the bank at all? Well, who knows if his dad really even told him about that? Don't you think that's kind of important? Like, well, his dad kind of went crazy in the last movie. (laughs) (laughs) They were. They were so friendly together, and they were like, he seemed like he was fine after that. Yeah. Which, I mean, he ended up being a senior at the bank, anyways, also. So, don't you think, like, at some point, especially if he's working at the bank, it sort of came up, oh, yeah, you have investments in the bank, and it's worth how we worked a lot of money now. Yeah, that would have saved the entire movie, to be real honest. (laughs) But probably some proof of that was drawn on, also. Or drawn on the fire. Yeah. By Wilkins, yeah. Um, so that's all that, I have for characters. We can move on to to visuals then. Yeah, for visuals, I have mine at a ninety three. Man, we're really right on top of each other this time. I have a ninety four. Okay, okay. So <laughs> I mean, we're getting in it. I don't have a lot written down for visuals. To be real honest, I have a decent amount, but I think there was really solid visuals throughout the entirety of it. And I like, think the best part for me for the visuals was the camera work. There was a lot of cool camera work in this movie. Like, the main thing that I loved was at the end, during the song, mm-hmm. I had nowhere to go but up. And, you know, we're watching all these people fly around on balloons, and they're just being followed yeah. by this camera and circled around. And Yeah, that was a, a really fun-looking scene. And it definitely felt magical with that. Yeah. And then, like, at the beginning, when uh, Jack's singing on his bike, Mm-hmm. And he hits that last note and it starts panning upward on the bank over yeah. and looking all over London. That was a beautiful scene. They did a lot of cool stuff with his his musical scenes though as well. Like they did a lot mm. of cool like overhead shots of him riding his bike and moving like going through the town and just like that whole tour of the town like they did with that scene looked really nice. And then one more yeah. with it is uh they kind of showed this walkway. Uh, during the movie mm-hmm. and it's kind of like when they were showing mr banks walking to the yeah. bank mm-hmm. but this time you don't see anyone really walking yeah that artwork and the opening credits was really nice I enjoyed oh yes that, just like in the original artwork. and mm-hmm. i meant to say well i mean this could have gone for entertainment instead mm-hmm. the credits being at the beginning of the movie yeah it was this, a nice touch seeing how this is a newer movie 2018 yeah a newer it doesn't doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, so. they they weren't really doing that with other movies mm-hmm. at that time. Which I mean, it helps that it's a musical, so they do yeah. it with musicals a lot. But mm-hmm. the fact that they did it with this movie instead of waiting till the end, which they did have credits at the end, also they were very long credits, also. <laughs> yes, but, <laughs> but it was good. 
that whole animated sequence was incredible. Oh yeah, and I am really glad they went with the drawing instead of. I agree. Computer. It it really makes a difference and really sets this like it apart. sets a good tone. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like commute. I like computer animation also. Yeah, but for this kind of movie, it really like had an impact that it was hand drawn compared mm-hmm. to computer animation. I I completely agree. Which hopefully, mm-hmm. those who were trying who were against it actually saw that was like you know what this is actually perfect for this i'm hoping that this will like open the door to like future hand-drawn stuff again and that they'll go yeah. back to it again because i do enjoy it then the bat tub scene is all was also the bat tub scene and then once they actually get in in the they're underwater that was incredible <laughs> then that shake the chase sequence from the from the animated scene itself was just oh yeah wild and that was such an action-packed scene like visually we weren't ready for that action scene. <laughs> and then I will say the scene whenever they're climbing up Big Ben. Yeah. There's pretty good visual effects there and, you know, mm-hmm. the lighting and all that. And the choreography in Triple Little Light Fantastic was incredible as well. Uh-huh. Like that whole dance. That, that was another that. great dance scene for us mm-hmm. that we needed. Yeah. There was one transition that I really liked that was like, I think it was right after the whole animated sequence or whatever. They had a camera shot of the fireplace in the Banks' room, and then it transitioned to the fire and the lamp that Jack was turning off. That was a really good transition. A really cool transition that they did. I mean, the visuals are just really good for this movie, which I know we kind of rated the last movie a little low, considering it was from the 60s, which is something we weren't going to do, but... I know. I was look. I mean, it, we did rate it higher than what we were doing with all the other previous older movies, which yeah. was a nice at least step up. But it's still now. I feel bad again. Now it's like, like, well, they didn't have this kind of advanced technology we did in the '60s. But I wouldn't say that that was a huge part in it as well. I mean, there was. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot more that went into this movie visually than there was into like the first Mary Poppins, at least. Which, again, as you said in the fun facts, this one was shot a lot outside instead of mm-hmm. in a screening room. Yeah. Which really puts in some, mm-hmm. like, natural effects. Oh, another thing I have written down for visuals is basically the wind. They always had those uh, pedals that would fly with the wind. Yeah. And it's just pretty to see. And you'd know that it's magical because of those pedals. Yes. You always knew it was Mary Poppins doing that. <laughs> Are we ready to move to atmosphere then? Well, if that's all you got, I'm ready. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what I have. So for my atmosphere, I have a 96. Well, there we go. I have a 98. Okay. Which, uh, I mean, yet again, the music was fantastic. Yeah. I just prefer the original score. I agree. I think all these songs are great. I think... There's, there wasn't a bad song here. I just don't think these are necessarily like my favorite songs. And like it's something that I would like constantly listen to over and over again. Like I mean, there's like a couple something. where I would listen to them over and over, but not like the last movie where there were a ton that I wanted to listen to over and but over. Again, they're all incredibly incredible songs and it all fits so well. I mean, I'm not going to read all of them off this time. <laughs> 
but that took like quite a while last time. So <laughs> the three that uh that I've really been listening to over is underneath the lovely London sky. Can you imagine that? And then nowhere to go but up. Those are the three that like really stand out for me. See, for me, it was the the song that Michael sang in the attic, the the Royal Adult Music Hall, which was the animated song. That was the animated song. And then just a lullaby that she sang to them after mm-hmm. that whole sequence was another great standout. Like that song that Michael sang well, in the attic. Yeah, that was something to like really hit you in the heart. Mm-hmm. Like I did have a tear after that. Yeah, and again, it was it's so out of place for what you would expect from Mary Poppins and like from this movie series. And I think that's kind of why it works so well also. Mm-hmm. And I did love that they had like a callback to all the old music from the original Mary Poppins as well. Oh, you yeah. Hear like, that the score was constantly. full of the previous movie score. Yeah. Like we would hear a little bit of Feed the Birds. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, what really hit me was after they sang Nowhere to Go Up But Up, the score transitioned into Let's Go Fly a Kite. Yeah. Which really was like, wow, that's hitting me hard. I know. Again, it was a great parallel between the two the two movies that connected them. And you can feel that. Like a lot of these songs take roots from the original movie. Like I said before, Triple Little Light Fantastic was basically the step in time step in time and then like turning turtle would be kind of compared to i love to laugh Mm -hmm. but and then the royal dalton music hall and a cover is not a book well really royal dalton music hall is like jolly holiday a cover is not a book is supposed to be like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Mm -hmm. but yeah it was Oh, and then I guess, can you imagine that would be like Spoonful of Sugar? So yeah, all, all these songs. <laughs> like are... I said, and everything is all just parallel to the, the first movie and it makes it so much better, like makes everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. Emily Blunt has a great singing voice. Yes, and, and then of course, Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda is a great music performer. Lin, Lin is also. Well, like incredible. we've gotten Disney movies with his music and of course there's Hamilton and... He does incredible with music always. I don't think he had anything to do with writing any of these songs. No, he did not. He just performed. Maybe something to do with a cover is not a book like his little Maybe. rap scene there. But I, I didn't yeah. quite look at the credits for that song, but mm-hmm. I don't think I saw him for any of the others. He had nothing yeah. to do with actually writing this music, mm-hmm. which I mean, I'm sure he would have done an amazing job anyways. Yeah. And then I felt like all the acting was pretty solid here. They... They definitely picked well for their cast, considering that those crazy lists you were reading (laughs) off for the considerations. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like they chose the perfect person for Wilkins. Yeah. As much fun as Jack Black would have had, would have been (laughs) for that. It would not have been serious enough. Mm -hmm. And then really, that's all I got for atmosphere. Yeah, I think we can we can move over to entertainment. Oh, that's me. Yes. Um, <laughs> for entertainment, I have a 94. I have a 91 for this. So I have this below the original because I just prefer the original. I, I agree. I prefer the original, but I do think this is a lot of fun. This is still a fun of... movie. Like 94 and 91 are not low scores yeah. <laughs> at all. Those are still no. very, very high. Those are excellent mm-hmm. scores. Yeah. I mean, the music, obviously, like we just talked about it. it mm-hmm. They were all a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and a lot of great songs and a lot of fun things that they did with all the songs as well. Like the dancing numbers are like the dancing and then the, the scenery is always fun mm-hmm. with those songs. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of references to the original movie. The yeah. one that really got me the most was Mr. Dodge Jr. trying to tell the story. And then he starts off with, there was once a man with a wooden leg. Wait, no, that's not the story. And then he tells the story about how Michael's father put in a tuppence yeah. and told him to guard it. And they did. And yeah. it came to quite a large sum. <laughs> I love I love the constant back and forth banter that Mary Poppins was giving to the banks throughout this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. She was just like on top of everything, like every single second, and she just had this level of sass with her. It just was so perfect. I don't know. There's something about the Mary Poppins sass that just like does something to me. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, and then just. Again, Jack was a fun character. He really was. Yeah. And when he, his joke when when they got into the bowl and he says, It looks like we're in China. Like, <laughs> in great... a sense, yeah. I I meant to write that down but forgot to. I was like, there's there was another joke somewhere, and that was the exact <laughs> one. And that was like golden, perfect joke. That was great. The other the other joke that had me cracking up was when Mary Poppins said cleaning is not a spectator sport. And like, <laughs> like that was just such a perfect line for her to deliver at that point. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, th- this movie was pretty funny. Oh, uh, and Mary Poppins' refusal to sing at the the music hall, and then like changes her mind instantly. It's like, oh no, 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 D flat, and <laughs> just no, no, I couldn't possibly, and then just straight face at the orchestra, D flat, please, D flat major. <laughs> I was like, well, okay then. <laughs> and that whole chase sequence after that was a lot of fun also. Oh, yeah. Like, there were some really fun scenes. And then that scene where they are climbing Big Ben, as unnecessary as it was, it was still <laughs> a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Even though, one, they didn't have to do it. And two, it didn't And then get Mary Poppins said that it was not their first time doing it. <laughs> <laughs> They've done this before, which maybe they're the ones who caused Big Ben to go early. <laughs> For the, that's the whole reason it's been off this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, just seeing Angela Lansbury just brought joy to me. Oh, yeah. And then hearing her voice singing that, it was like, <laughs> wow, I feel like a kid listening and watching uh, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Just Mrs. Potts is right here singing Angela to us. Lansbury is so iconic. Oh, yeah. And her voice, like, <laughs> you instantly know it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just overall, this was a fun movie. Yeah, I, I agree. It was it was a good movie. Better than what I thought we would get. Yes. I mean, it's it's very rare to have a sequel that lives up to the, the original. To movie. the original. Especially, and... like, in this case, it's been 54 years since the original yeah. came out. And yeah, I mean, they, they nailed it. The fact that they're still able to pull that off. And like, again, it's the same movie, but it's not. So it's like, that takes a lot to, to pull that something like that off. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, they blew it out of the water. That It, it was great. <laughs> uh, you ready to wrap this up? Yeah, I think, I think I'm ready to close this out with our final scores. All right. So my overall score is an 88. 
My overall score is an 88.6. Not too far off. We're pretty close there. Which, I mean, this is above Mary Poppins, which I had at an 86.8. Yeah, I also have my score for this higher than Mary Poppins. But what helped was that, you know, they really put in work for the visuals and there was actually a story to this. Yeah, they added a lot to the stories and the fact that, like, they really kept true to the characters and where they came from and, like, played, all right, this... These characters came from Jane and and Michael, like they came from the parents. So they like they they actually made it all cohesive and like made it all made sense. Really helps out. Mm-hmm. And like again, I will say I enjoyed the original better than this, but that still like doesn't take away from how this movie was made, and that's course, why it yeah. has a, a higher score. Which we would not have had this movie if they didn't fight so hard for the original which brings us to next week's episode where we will be watching Saving Mr. Banks which is the story basically on how Disney fought for the rights to Mary Poppins to make the movie yeah I mean I'll be honest I had no clue this movie even existed before I mean I kind of saw it around but I was thinking the whole time it was just a documentary I don't remember seeing trailers for this. I don't remember seeing anything about this movie. But like in my research of trying to put this season together of like the most iconic movies and the most important movies in Disney, this movie kept getting mentioned. So apparently a lot of people feel it's a big, like important movie in like the history of Disney. And it, it is telling an important story of how this movie came to be. So, I mean, which I just kind of put something together. It's Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Which has Tom Hanks in it, right? Yes. Tom Hanks is playing Walt Disney. I he believe. also plays Captain Miller in Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks is a hero. He's saving everyone. <laughs> I mean, he saves himself. Saving Private Ryan and then saving <laughs> Mr. Banks. But I mean, that'll be next week. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I haven't watched it yet, obviously, because I thought it was a documentary, but apparently it's a whole theatrical <laughs> no, it, thing. It's, it's a dramatized, like, fictional mo- movie of based on the entire, like, how things went down. But yeah, we're starting so, the season off with three movies I haven't seen before. For me, it's just, I've seen Mary Poppins, but I definitely have not seen this one before this. <laughs> and then I haven't seen Saving Mr. Banks yet. But, I almost said Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> But I love it. We're just jumping right into these things that we haven't seen before. And it also like adds to like why we're doing it so that we can experience all these movies we probably wouldn't have gotten to otherwise. And then we also talked about this. So before anyone asks, no, we're not going to have the Nightmare Before Christmas drop around Halloween. <laughs> we decided it'd be better for November since it's kind of a Halloween and a Christmas movie kind of have it meet in the middle almost. Well, originally we were... Like the way we were scheduled to do these recordings, like this, the the Nightmare Before Christmas episode should have been dropping the week of Halloween, but we just kind of missed the timing on that, and now it's going to be like a week later. But it also really fits in that timeline because, like, it is a perfect transitional period piece of Halloween to Christmas. Because really, it's... Halloween's over in that movie, anyways. Yeah. So it becomes more of a Christmas movie anyways. So November seems like a good time for it to <laughs> drop anyways. So we're yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I think we're done. 
Yeah. Uh, next week we're going to be wrapping up the this Mary Poppins saga with saving Mister Banks. Well, until we get to Guardians of the Galaxy too. <laughs> uh, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> but until next time, may all your dreams come true. Bye. <laughs>